America is a nation that can be defined in a single word. I was going to put him in a foot. It is noteworthy that the percentage of women who register to vote and cast a ballot is consistently higher than the percentage of the men who do so. End of quote. Repeat the line. I am recording this episode on Sunday, May 7th, 2023. I am Jeff Schaefer, your host, as always, for the Bad Red, Bad Blue podcast. Thank you, everyone, for checking this episode out, and thank you to those of you who have listened to the previous and the first three episodes of this brand new podcast. I also have another podcast, a comedy podcast, Jeff Becomes Jeff, which is also available on all podcast platforms, so please, if you want something a little sillier, even though there are controversial discussions, but done a bit more of a light-hearted approach, feel free to go check out Jeff Becomes Jeff. Now, when I started Bad Red, Bad Blue not that long ago, I went ahead and cranked out three episodes consecutively before doing a single Jeff Becomes Jeff episode. So there was about a three-week hiatus between episodes for that podcast, and moving forward, I'll probably kind of do more of an alternating thing. So expect a frequency of maybe every two weeks or just under for this podcast, or if you listen to the other one, that one. That will still have me cranking out four episodes of podcasting every month. That's a lot. I have a job. I don't have a life, but I have a job. Anyway, just being a new podcast, I wanted to make sure that you guys understand the expectations of when you can find these episodes. And of course, please go click the subscribe button on whatever platform you're listening on. That way you will be notified when new episodes come out since they're not going to be scheduled. If for any reason my voice or throat sounds a little dry in this episode, it is because right now we are going through the official launch of spring in central Ohio where I live. Just last week, we had forecast for snow showers in the morning, and by just last week, I mean like four days ago. We didn't get snow showers, or if we did, I wasn't awake that early to see them, but we're finally hitting a patch where it seems like the warm weather is going to stick, but that means everybody in Ohio is now miserable from the blooming flowers and pollen and all the things that mess with your sinuses. So again, sorry if I sound a little meh. So the title of this episode is The United States Versus Itself. Now, that's kind of a two-fold title. And what I mean by that is that we have this obvious division that I've spoken of, uh, I believe in the first episode of this podcast, but of just people being against people because they're split right down the middle and they're polar opposite on all of their ideologies. But the twofold aspect is that the government is also trying to eat its own to maintain power. It's amazing what one little seat in Congress can do to either the effectiveness or the ineffectiveness of an agenda. I'm not going to say the effectiveness of a government because as we know, regardless of the agenda, nothing ever gets done. There's been no progress, but I'm going to stop myself there because I can already tell I'm going down a little bit of a tangent and I have plenty to talk about on this episode, so I don't want to go on any tangents. I'll discuss that stuff on future episodes. As always, want to remind you, you can go follow me on social media, TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook at BadRedBadBlue. Tell me when you think I'm full of shit or wrong or misguided. Tell me if you think I'm right. Hey, everyone likes a little bit of compliments from time to time, especially in this day and age, you trolls. Or give me a show idea if you have a topic that you think that I would be able to present and self-debate, because that's more or less what this podcast is. It's me talking to myself, and I'm trying to look at everything from a very centrist perception, taking zero sides. I'm sure at times I may fail. I feel like I've done a pretty good job at it so far. And honestly, it's opened my eyes to a lot of stuff, forcing myself to take this mindset. So my goal will be, you know, a lot of people say, well, I'm very independent. I I don't, I think politics just sucks. Well, yes, but you still probably lean towards one side of the ideology, just like I do. I don't when I do this podcast and it is starting to finally change some of that lean. And I do have listeners in other countries, so other governments, but I assure you that a lot of what I will be discussing in relation to the United States has pretty parallel comparisons to what's going on in most of the governments around the world. And I'm sure despite not being an American citizen, you're thinking, yeah, that makes sense. I get it. I see that. I deal with that all the time. Or maybe you're just annoyed with America. That's fine, too. To each their own. So as always, before we get started with our topic, we're going to run through some of the latest headlines. Remember, I am recording this on May 7th, 2023, and it will take a few days to get this produced and released. But here is the segment, Media Schmedia. Media Schmedia. Media Schmedia. 
So I actually started out on this episode by looking at Yahoo News. I have not looked at Yahoo News yet. I've more or less looked at like Fox, MSNBC, CNN, the more politically driven ones. I thought, well, what's Yahoo got to say? Because they're not supposed to have a political agenda or affiliation. I'm sure they do in some regard. Yahoo! But let's look at some of their headlines. So the very first one is fatalities confirmed in mass shooting at mall in Texas. Now, I briefly heard about this. I've had a very busy weekend, so I haven't really been tuning in much to news other than the show prep, which I did late and exhausted last night. Now, that's not to belittle that there was a shooting, just saying I don't really have that many details, but clearly that's going to be one of the leading headlines. The next major headline they had listed was Biden says not ready to invoke 14th Amendment to avoid debt default. Now, first off, tip of the hat to Yahoo News for finally being a online news site that knows how to write a headline. All these other ones, they're giving you like a full paragraph as the headline. It's annoying. I like the little short, get my attention. Thank you, Yahoo News. So I did look at this article, and basically what it is is that they are wanting to raise the federal government's debt ceiling to $31.4 trillion. Trillion. Why do they want to do that? So that we can keep paying our bills. Yes, you're hearing that correctly. Please process that. Our government is constantly changing, essentially, their salary because they want to spend more money on stuff, stuff that's probably pretty stupid, like trying to pass a bill to keep AI from having access to our nuclear systems. That should be automatic. That's going to take days, months, hours of time at the salary of our Congress, which ain't cheap. Also, tell me, how understanding is the federal government, a.k.a. the IRS, when you owe money or have a debt? It's a buttload of hypocrisy. It drives me crazy. And it's even worse that they can just willy-nilly change the ceiling so they can keep paying their bills. You know what? Maybe we should stop spending in other ways, which actually House Speaker Kevin McCarthy, a Republican, but he says that they're not going to approve any deal that doesn't address the cutting of spending. That makes sense to me. Okay, we'll raise it a little bit. Maybe we don't need to raise it that much if we cut some spending. It's like if you're having a hard time paying your mortgage and your electric bill, Maybe you shouldn't be going to the strip club every weekend. But Biden wants them to raise the ceiling with zero conditions. And really, this just boils down to, you know, it'd be like trying to put a Band-Aid on the severed stump of a decapitated person on their neck. It's it's not going to work. You can keep adding Band-Aids. It's not going to help. That's what we're doing with this debt. The whole point, if our government was smart and really cared, would be every year or a couple years to reduce the ceiling because we've managed our money better. Not going to go into this total tangent, but boy, have we given a lot of money to Ukraine in the invasion by Russia. Now, I'm not saying that we shouldn't offer any support, but I'm also not saying that we should. It's not our fight. You think Russia having control of areas of Ukraine or even all of it makes Russia more powerful? No, not really. And if you're concerned about now their border extending over to other European countries, well, that sounds like more of a problem for those European countries that also have pretty strong military presence. But nobody's actually intervening to fight Russia. We're just like, we're just going to keep giving you money and hope that you can beat them by yourself. You go, Ukraine. That would be like handing a football to a seven-year-old and putting him in as the running back in the NFL. Well, here, I'm giving you the football. Now, it's just up to you to get at least a yard. All right, maybe that wasn't my greatest analogy of all time, but I think you get what I'm saying. Also, I did go and look at the 14th Amendment, because that's what this headline says, is that Biden is not quite ready, well, I mean, I'm paraphrasing, to invoke the 14th Amendment to avoid debt default, which means he's going to use that amendment to get them to raise the debt ceiling. The amendment, the 14th Amendment, I thought, well, maybe this is about, like, executive power for the president. But no, it's very vague and very slavery and insurrection-driven. It basically says, you can't argue with the government spending your money and creating in a debt if it is to fight off people rebelling against the government or our country. And that's about it. The amount of money they are spending on shit that we don't even realize, that is not obligation to us, the taxpayers, to have to cover that debt. And clearly, if we owe over $3 trillion already and Biden wants to raise it to more, that's a problem. We have a spending problem. All right, I'll get off that article. So the next article on Yahoo News, I'm going to look at Yahoo News a lot because this is the first time 
time, Kentucky Derby, seventh horse dies at Churchill Downs. What? Was that another mass shooting? Seven horses dying at the same place that were just about to race? So apparently a total of seven horses have been euthanized after sustaining injuries during training at Churchill Downs for the Derby. Perhaps someone should look into track conditions. I'm going to guess whoever is in charge of track conditions is losing their job after this weekend. Or here's an idea. Maybe the owners of these horses and the jockeys should say, hey, this is like a lethal course to run, even for rehearsal. Maybe we shouldn't do it. I don't know. I don't really know all the details. Maybe they were running on a separate or second backup track, practice track. But still, seven horses dead leading up to the race. (laughs) So good. Little horse pun there. All right. So the last article I will read off of Yahoo News, it was what I would call clickbait, which is where they just want to get you to click so they can share their sponsor advertisements on that page and make a little coin. This headline was U.S. embraces a new form of renewable energy. Now, why is that clickbait? Because... It was bullshit. Think about it. They're saying the entire country is embracing a new type of renewable energy. Are you embracing any new type of renewable energy right now? Because I'm not. I would like to think that as part of the U.S., I would know what I'm embracing. Even more clickbaity was that when I went to the page, the title of the article changed from the headline that was on the main page of Yahoo News website. So the new title was, Is It a Lake or a Battery? A new kind of hydropower is spreading fast. And it was a boring article about dams and energy being derived from water. And yeah, that's all fine and nifty, but certainly not something the U.S. is all like, we embrace hydropower. And that's just, you know, everybody. We're all embracing it. That was a bullshit clickbait headline title, whatever. So some pluses for Yahoo News. They kind of tackled their articles from a more independent, not too leaning side of things. But they had clickbait really high up on the page. All right, so now we're going to go back to our standard major affiliates. We'll start again with Fox News, and here we go. Transgender MMA fighter accepts former UFC professionals challenge to fight. Again, see how I had to take a breath during that headline? It's because it's so long. This transgendered fighter was quoted to say, I'm going to fuck you up. So this is a former female that transitioned to male and the former UFC fighter. I don't know any of these people. I don't follow MMA, but Jake Shields posted an online challenge to the toughest trans men to have a bout. So he's basically saying, all you people who call yourselves men, come have a fight with me and I'll show you the difference between the male and female body. And I'll go on record saying, I do think there is a difference, but I'll proceed without any further discussion on that topic, at least not for this episode. So initially, Jake Shields did not get any takers in response to this challenge, and he upped the ante to say that he would take on UFC fighter Mike Jackson plus 10 trans fighters at the same time. All right, that's a little extreme. I don't know who this Mike Jackson is. But fighting 11 people at the same time, I don't care if they're children. I mean, that's going to be difficult. But the trans fighter Mac Beggs, that sounds like a porn name to me. But Mac Beggs responded saying that he was willing to take on the challenge. Now, I would pay a lot of money to see that fight. Also, Beggs, God, that's so porny. But Beggs replied that he, formerly she, wanted a fair fight of just one-on-one, adding that Shields and people who think like him have a fetish for trans people. All right, that's a stupid assumption and, quite frankly, a little narcissistic. Just because someone says they want to beat the shit out of you does not mean they want to fuck you. Thought that was common sense. Apparently, Mac Beggs didn't get that memo. God, Mac Beggs. Can't get that name out of my head. Sweet dreams tonight, Jeff. Also, in my deeper research of Mac Beggs, I can't get enough of that name. I discovered that he actually managed to change his birth certificate to change his sex. So I guess that's allowed now. I would think most governments would consider that falsification of records. 
cards. But apparently, the government is aiding in this task. Way to go, government! So also on Fox News, there were headlines about the horses at the Derby and the mass shooting at the Texas Mall. So quite aligned with Yahoo News this week. I went to CNN and of course they had more news about the Derby and the dead horses and the mall shooting. But they also had more articles about just shootings, other shootings, not the mall shooting. So here's one. Five people injured, one killed in shooting at large party in Chico, California. And another 16-year-old killed in shooting altercation at Houston after prom party. That's a shame. I wonder how many mass shootings actually take place in areas that would be liberal states, liberal cities. Because one of these was Chico, California. California, very blue. We know Chicago is very high crime rate, very blue. But blue is the one that's always bitching about guns. Actually, note to self, that might make for a great future episode to look at the demographics, the arguments, what's been done about gun control, and look at it from both sides. Thank you, me, for having such good ideas. Please pause while Jeff pats himself on the back. Your program will resume momentarily. Thank you for your patience. All right, so the last headline I will share with you on Media Shmedia for this episode, also from CNN. The headline is, Oakland A's announcer apologizes for using racial slur. So, Oakland A's, if you don't know, baseball team in Oakland, California. And, of course, we live in this cancel culture, so let's see what this announcer said. What was his racial slur? So, the play-by-play announcer, Glenn Cooper, Kuiper, I don't know, K-U-I-P-E-R, you figure it out for yourself. I'm going to call him Queeper from now on because that just sounds more fun. So Glenn Queeper apologized for using a racial slur while talking about the phenomenal time he had while visiting the Negro Leagues Baseball Museum. What? So this apology came at the start of the sixth inning and he apologized by saying that something he had said during pregame didn't come out the way he wanted it to. Obviously someone is forcing him to make this apology if it was something he said pregame but he's just having the realization now to apologize at the beginning of the sixth inning. Of course, the A's, the Oakland Athletics, later called his language unacceptable and said they were working to resolve the issue. That's slang for he's getting fired. And at this point, still, the article is not telling me what he said that was supposed to be so offensive. Also want to point out that Glenn Kuiper, I know I'm getting that wrong, I don't care, but he was in his 20th year as the lead voice for the Oakland Athletics. This guy's been around a long time. You think he just randomly made some racial slur? So I had to do more research past this article to figure out exactly what was said. What's going to get this guy fired? Currently, while I'm recording this, as far as I know, Glenn Kuiper has not been fired by the A's or his broadcasting company. So from what I could find while he was telling his story about visiting the Negro Leagues Baseball Museum, he used the word Negro in a way that it sounded like a racial slur. Again, want to remind you, this guy, 20-year voice of the Oakland A's. Very seasoned, very experienced, also very aware of current culture. He's also telling a story about how much he loved his visit and praising black history in baseball. So, this had to be like just a verbal accident. Trust me, I make them a lot on the podcast and on my other podcast. I just edit out what I need to edit out, or when I make a mistake, I immediately do it again. And I grab the better take. I'm doing that right now. So, before I end Media Shmedia and get to the topic, I'm going to pose a challenge to all of you. I want you to say the word Negro very quickly and see what you get the majority of the time. Because think about it. As a broadcaster, he's constantly watching clocks to know when he has to slow down to kill time or when he has to speed up because they're about to end a segment or go to commercial. But seriously, here's the challenge. Say Negro ten times as fast as you can. Record it on your phone. Tell me if any of those sound like racial slurs. Gonna guess they do. Yet, that is most likely going to cost this man of 20 years his job. Because people got upset and complained, and he had to apologize. Despite the fact 
fact that the whole thing happened while he was praising black history. People in this country, woke culture, political correctness, all of that absolute garbage and bullshit. Well, let me just say, careful what you wish for. Because as time goes on, this will come back to haunt you in one way or another, I assure you. Unless we change it. All right, finally, we're going to get to our topic, the United States versus itself. So let's start out with a popular phrase that has come up in the last, I don't know, 15 years or so. Lock her or lock him up. It has become very popular, especially during presidential campaigns, regarding the opponent and trying to point out that not only should you vote for me, but that person should go to prison. Started out with Hillary. That's when that phrase, lock her up, and was chanted over and over again by Republicans during the entire presidential campaign and probably even after. But then people started doing that with Trump. Lock him up. Now we have people doing that with Biden. Lock him up. It is such a militant chant, and a chant that honestly is by a group of people who have been clearly brainwashed, because imprisoning someone and taking away his or her freedoms, that's very serious and not something that should just be chanted by a mob. I mean, at least try to embrace the nature of the Constitution and chant something like, investigate, and if necessary, conduct a fair trial. Of course, that doesn't have a good ring to it, so we just go with, lock her up. Lock him up. But if you've ever had that thought, that idea, or even worse, said it, I want you to think about what authority you had to insist someone's incarceration based on simply what you'd been fed by the media outlets, the corrupt, agenda-driven media outlets. Now, over time, there have been plenty of federal government officials or representatives that have been found guilty of a crime and imprisoned, but I will say that that incarceration or accusation trials, all that, that has dramatically increased since the age of media. So like television, which became popular in the 1950s, like the 24-hour news cycle, which was created by Ted Turner with CNN in 1980. And that got even more popular with news channels joining in. And then, of course, in the 90s, there was the coverage of the Gulf War, which everyone wanted to see. And, of course, the coverage of the O.J. Simpson trial. So because I want to be educational and factually accurate with arguments that I present on this podcast, let's just look at some raw numbers, some statistics, some analytics. Let's look at the number, the history of convicted federal officials since, well, basically the Constitution, 1776. So from 1776 to 1945, it's a long time, 16 federal officials were convicted of something. Remember that number, 16. From 1945 to 1981, there were 37 federal officials convicted. Now, nine of those were part of the Watergate scandal when Nixon was president. Oddly enough, Richard Nixon, not one of those nine people. Also, that's more than double over the previous like 170 years and all during that time of when the television became a thing. So now we're into the 80s. We know CNN has been introduced the 24-hour news cycle from 1981 to 1993. And 93 would have been right around the time of the Gulf War, O.J. Simpson. There were 48 federal officials convicted. The number's just growing. And for shorter time spans, from 1981 to 1993, that era right after the introduction of the 24-hour news cycle and leading right up to the whole thing with O.J. Simpson and televised court, they had 32 federal officials convicted. So that's a lot for just a 12-year span. So 1993 to 2021, that would have been the birth of the internet, the birth of social media, and leading up into the Biden administration. There were 48. Number keeps going up. Remember, 1776 to 1945, 16. So it's all about like how the media is exposing things. Also means you can't get away with stuff as easily because there's records of all the stuff you did. I mean, like Anthony Weiner. I mean, dude was an idiot who just kept texts and photos and things on his phone and left a trail that was easy to follow and say, uh, that was a crime. 
All right, so now let's, here we go. You ready? From 2021 to present day, so the Biden era, there's been one. What? Let me repeat that. One federal official convicted. Now, of course, that official was a Republican because Biden is a Democrat, or rather his Congress and administration were all Democrat at the time of this conviction. And this Republican representative was found guilty of concealing material facts and making a false statement. Not exactly, you know, the worst thing. That's all they accomplished. Not saying they should be going out of their way to convict people, but I know there's a lot more corruption going on. We've seen with these numbers, but here's the problem. Everyone got so focused when Trump was no longer president and didn't have that power to not be tried or convicted. That's been their whole goal. That's what the Biden administration, not him, not throwing Biden under the bus, I'm throwing the Congress under Biden under the bus when the Democrats had the majority, I mean, raids on Donald Trump, I mean, case after case after case, and we're going to get into all of that here in a little bit, but I'm just saying one in two years, It's kind of weird, but when you're focused on one thing so strongly, all this other stuff gets to fly under the radar because they're like, hey, no one's even looking at us. We can do whatever we want. So before I get more into how our legal system has interfered to try and affect political agendas, let's just look at the fairness of law and the way the American public is being treated based on certain illegal activities. So we're going to look at like recent arrests in recent years from riots. Riots of all kinds from both sides. Let's see if the seesaw tips one way or the other, or is it just level? Because it's fair. That's never going to happen. So just recently, over a thousand people were arrested for the January 6th insurrection on the Capitol building. Now, these are after all of the other people that were originally arrested, many convicted and imprisoned, over a thousand more. They're just doing facial recognition. If you were there, you're getting arrested. That is not cool and should scare the shit out of everyone. Well, if you're a Republican, because apparently if you fight for liberal ideologies, that's perfectly fine. Let's look at the Black Lives Matters riots. So far, from what I could find, there have been 120 convictions from all of the Black Lives Matters riots. Meanwhile, they just arrested over a thousand people over two years later for an insurrection on government ground where nothing was burned, nothing was destroyed. Yeah, there was a lot of mayhem. The police officers were treated like shit. And there were a lot of people that should have gone to prison and been convicted. But, I mean, a thousand more? Two years later? That is agenda-driven bullshit. Not justice, that's for sure. And you're paying for that. That's what's causing them to have to raise the debt ceiling. Because we're spending all this money on all of this bullshit. But, going back to Black Lives Matter's riots, just for the George Floyd riots alone, there were around $2 billion in damages and 15 deaths. There were definitely not 15 deaths from January 6th. And we only have 120 convictions. That's not just for the George Floyd riots. That's all of them. But speaking of George Floyd, two of the officers convicted in his death most recently were J. Alexander Kung, K-U-E-N-G. I'm butchering that as well. But he helped hold George Floyd down. He got a two-year sentence. The other officer, Tao Thao. Okay, T-O-U space T-H-A-O. Whatever. Sounds like a delicious chicken dish. Anyway, Tao Thao, all he did was help to keep bystanders away. He got a three and a half year sentence. A year and a half more than the dude who helped hold him down. That is not justice. I mean, first, two years for the guy that held him down, that is far from justice. But clearly, Tao Thao needed a better lawyer, a representation, like we all do. Now, let's go back to the January 6th insurrection. The QAnon shaman, you know, the guy walking around in the, I don't remember, like Viking horns, fur coat, whatever. And he was being peaceful. He had gotten into the Capitol, but he was being shown around by Capitol Police. Calmly, no weapons, no violence. He was given three and a half years, a year and a half more than the guy who helped hold George Floyd down while he died. Does that sound fair to you? Now, it's hard to find data, stats, articles about why Black Lives Matters had a negative impact, 
why there should have been more convictions because they don't want to share that with you because that is a good cause. The insurrection was not a good cause. I'm not saying that Black Lives Matters is not a good cause. I'm saying riots are not an acceptable or legal way to handle a protest. But in all of the digging that I did for this episode, I found a couple articles from 2020 that had claimed there had been at least 8,700 demonstrations for Black Lives Matters, with 93% of them being peaceful. That leaves 609 non-peaceful riots. That's a lot. We saw the cities burning. We saw the looting. And there have been 120 convictions. Still think there's no bias or agenda? Think again. Let's look at the recent transgender slash gun rights riot at the Tennessee Capitol building, which happened right after that horrific school shooting done by a trans person which, need I remind you, killed three small children and three adults. When looking this up a little more, Newsweek did its best to just propaganda the fuck out of it and make it seem like it was in no way comparable to January 6th. But, you know, storming a government building to demand something, that's an insurrection. That's a riot. So it was supposed to be a rally, which also, insurrection, January 6th, was supposed to be a rally. Things got out of hand. But this Tennessee rally started at 8 a.m. with plans to go to the second floor of the Tennessee State House to, quote, sing songs and interface with Republican lawmakers. Remember, this is from Newsweek. So they had plans to go to the second floor. I mean, that's pretty deep. You're not just, we're not going in the lobby. We're, we're getting to the second floor. I don't know what's on the second floor, but, and then we're going to sing songs and interface. Oh my God. The verbiage makes me sick. They weren't going to kumbaya. They weren't going to sing songs. They weren't going to interface with Republican lawmakers, not as a group. You don't interface with people as a group to one. That is no longer an interface. That is an attack. And, of course, as the day went on, things grew more heated, and the doors of the Tennessee State House were rushed. That doesn't sound peaceful. And while the Newsweek article made no comparison of this riot to the January 6th insurrection, on social media, people started positively coining this as a transurrection. You're literally using the word insurrection, but no comparison. Even Caitlyn Jenner made a post that said, Radical Rainbow Mafia causing a transurrection. With pride, of course. That was like a proud statement. Using words like mafia and blending trans with insurrection. That is militant. Also, the Newsweek article referred to the Trans Day of Vengeance. Sounds like a scary movie. And there was a clickable link to the phrase Trans Day of Vengeance. Of course, I had to click it because I thought they wanted justice, not vengeance. I mean, vengeance implies violence and, well, insurrection. Actually, the definition of vengeance is infliction of injury, harm, or the like. Violent revenge. Violence. It's implied. And Newsweek is proudly supporting the Trans Day of Vengeance, i.e. the Trans Day of Violence. And this is right on the heels of a trans person killing three grade schoolers and three adults. Too soon? Yeah, I think so. All right, so all that to say that your justice system is not working equally for everyone, for every agenda, for every party. So now let's look at how the government is trying to eat its own. Let's look at the last two years, all of the indictments of Donald Trump that has been the focus of our Congress for the last two years. Well, it's going to change a little now because the House took majority from the Republican side, but the ball got rolling. So you already probably know about the indictment of Donald Trump in New York recently, where he was indicted on 34 misdemeanor accounts with no explanation in the indictment as to why it should be considered a felony. Also want to point out this is the first time in United States history that a former president has been indicted, let alone 
convicted or arrested. But if you're someone who celebrated the day that Donald Trump, they were they all wanted the mugshot. He's coming in. He's going to get fingerprinted. He's going to get a mugshot. He's going to have to go into a courtroom and plead not guilty. It was a big deal. But also, let's point out, it was related to something that our Department of Justice, the Federal Department of Justice, had already investigated and said there's not enough here to bring up charges. And by the time New York is lobbying these charges against him. Well, sorry to tell you, but the statute of limitations has expired. So I don't really even know what this case is based on other than just making a media circus, a visual get. But if you're someone who posted something on social media or told anyone in any way celebrating Trump's arrest, you are an asshole and an idiot. Not because Trump is innocent, that's not what I'm saying, but because you are supporting the legal system to affect our presidential elections. I don't care if you don't like the fact that Trump is running again. If you want him locked up for shit that he shouldn't even be allowed to be tried for based on statute of limitations, well, then you're just scared that your dude might lose. That's not okay. The second you let the law change and not follow the law, prepare for your world to change a lot in a not-so-fortunate way. Honestly, there are legal experts that are opponents to Trump that have said they consider the case to have no actual merit. And in the initial court hearing they had when Trump went to New York City, they chose to schedule a court hearing for December of 2023. That's a long time off. If this is such a big deal, why are we waiting this long? Well, because that's when the Republican primaries are going to be in full swing. And if people are on the fence, is Trump gone to prison? Well, they're not going to vote for him because they don't have certainty. That is using the legal system to sway the politics and the voice of the people. But what they're probably not thinking about is that our legal system works a certain way. We've seen Trump manipulate the system many times with taxes because he understands the system and he hires very expensive lawyers to help him figure out the system. He could delay this trial since the first hearing isn't even supposed to be until less than a year prior to the presidential election. He could cause delays with appeals and rulings and whatever. I don't know the legal system that well, but he could do that to where it puts it off until late November of 2024. Now, doesn't matter. If he wins, you can't convict him. He's a sitting president. Also, a stupid law. No one should be above the law, but apparently our president is. I'm not talking about Trump. I'm talking about all of them. But this is just one of the many court cases being lobbed at Donald Trump right now. There are way more court visits coming up for him. He's facing rape charges that are really nothing more than a civil suit. So regardless of the outcome, he won't go to jail for even an hour. He'll just have to pay out money. There are potential charges in Georgia regarding election interference. This is a ongoing two-year investigation and primarily focused on a phone call Trump made right after the 2020 election to the Georgia Secretary of State saying, hey, we gotta find more votes. That's what we gotta do. Just look for them, okay? They're probably under a pillow, okay? Also, there's still the ongoing investigation about him in citing riots for January 6th. And let's not forget the fact that they found out that he was keeping confidential documents at Mar-a-Lago, his home in Florida, and raided his private estate, despite the fact that pretty much every former president does this. Barack Obama did it. Even Biden did it, which they discovered a lot of documents that Biden took when he was vice president. He did not have the authority to take those documents. Only former presidents can do that. But we're supposed to live under this rule of law that says that you can't use the legal system to manipulate political outcomes. That is what our country has fought about for hundreds of years, even for the sake of citizens in other countries where we try to build a republic or a democracy in countries that don't currently have that form of government. So basically, that's the overview of all the legal headaches that Trump is going through because people are trying to keep him from running for president again. And yes, it seems very odd that all of these lawsuits are coming out, but again, cases all related to things that happened a long time ago. And now all of a sudden, 
coming out of the woodwork. Seems a little fishy. But let's not forget that the whole lock her up, lock him up started with lock her up. That was for Hillary Clinton. And of course started during the presidential campaign between Trump and Clinton. And all of the red wanted to lock Hillary Clinton up. This was the same type of interference where we're trying to focus on things where she has committed crimes and she is clearly a not only fit to run for president, but even if she does, she might go to prison anyway. So don't vote for her. So did Hillary Clinton do anything wrong or illegal? Fuck yes, she did. She's probably done way more stuff than has even been mentioned or reported by Republican agenda driven outlets or politicians. She has been part of one of the most powerful families in our government for like the last, I don't know, 25 years. But going back to the whole source of the lock her up idea was that she had used a private server to handle classified information or rather private email addresses and computers that weren't managed by government software. And she had been the Secretary of State under Barack Obama, kind of like an olive branch, like, uh, now, uh, I know I beat you, um, in the primary, um, but I'd, uh, like to give you, uh, a job. Let's give you something with power. Uh, Bill will like that. Uh, Secretary of State. And she was investigated because of these emails. But the FBI director at the time, James Comey, said, Although we did not find clear evidence that Secretary Clinton or her colleagues intended to violate laws governing the handling of classified information, there is evidence that they were extremely careless in their handling of very sensitive, highly classified information. What? So if I leave a bar after having 12 beers and I crash into a family of four on the way home, killing all of them? Can I be set free because I didn't intend to crash and kill four people? There are different standards for us and different standards for them. Don't forget that. And lack of intent does not excuse committal of a crime, especially when it causes sensitive leaks leading to the deaths of four Americans and Benghazi. And that is what prompted the investigations of her emails. She also had people drilling holes or doing whatever they had to do to hard drives to try and cover up. So what they know about her was just a small percentage of what they were able to uncover after the fact. I may be getting this wrong, but I feel like the term for what she had her staff do to their computers was called bleach bit, like bleaching something out, just getting rid of all the bloodstains. Unfortunately, there were a few spatters on the wall that they missed. All right, lock him up. Let's look at Biden. We had this in the last election. Trump had already beat Hillary. Now he was up against Biden. So he just switched lock her up to lock him up. Let's look at the things Biden has done because he's been in office since Jesus was a baby. So certainly he's done some shady shit. And I'm going to be honest, when he is no longer president, he is going to face some pretty difficult legal challenges because we're setting this precedent that we're just going to go after people after the fact. We're not only trying to hinder our democracy during a presidential campaign, with a bunch of legal bullshit, but once you're gone and you don't have that protection, we are going to come after you. They're doing it at Trump right now. I assure you they will do it toward Biden. And as I mentioned, of course, Biden guilty of taking classified documents and storing them in a garage at his home. Yes, he stored classified documents in his garage. That's really the worst place to store anything. And again, he took those documents as an outgoing VP, not the president. He did not have the right to declassify documents or take them with him. What he did was way worse than what Trump did and pretty much every other former president. They all did it. Also, there's a big stink right now about Hunter Biden, Joe Biden's son, and honestly, connections with Hunter Biden and even Joe Biden to China, information shared, money exchanged for unexplainable reasons, but the time is coming where the Department of Justice may be forced, they don't want to because they're on the blue side right now, but they may be forced to charge Hunter Biden, and that might expose some shit about Joe that once he's out of office is going to come back and bite him in the ass. So again, careful what you wish for. If you love all the Trump shit, it's coming for your candidate very soon in a theater near you. 
Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. So we're definitely, with the justice system, seeing a strong bias in favor of blue. We've seen it with Hillary and Joe and their misbehaving versus Trump just having court cases popping up like pimples on the forehead of a 13-year-old fry cook. So finally, let's look at the people versus the people. This is still the United States versus itself, but now we're getting below government level. We're looking at ourselves. You, me, your neighbor, your friend, your co-worker, your mom, your cousin, your dog. No, actually, your dog doesn't have political opinions, and how nice for the dog. But as I have discussed, it has gotten out of control with the left and right hating the other just by default because of what side you sit on. There are social media posts by both sides that are based simply on what feed they pay attention to or their preferred news outlet, despite none of that being rooted in actual fact. I actually had a recent issue with a quote-unquote friend on Facebook. Now, this is someone I don't really know that well, and he posted something blasting Fox News, and I commented basically from a middle-of-the-aisle perspective saying, that's fine, you can blast Fox News, but guess what? They all suck. They're all agenda-driven. And he replied with a very liberal, not conversational approach, and I'm like, you know what? Fuck this. Don't know this dude that well. Unfriend. Then, like a day later, he must have noticed that I had unfriended him, and he sent me a message saying, you know, that was kind of shitty of you to unfriend me. If you want to talk about this, we can talk about this, but whatever. And I thought about it and was like, yeah, that was kind of childish of me to unfriend him simply because of a political statement. Maybe I shut the door on conversation, which is what I preach not to do, so I refriended him because he invited me to do so. And since then, you know, we've pretty much just any interaction on Facebook has been not political. So I wanted to read you some of the posts I see on Facebook from people who are politically driven on one side or the other. And I apologize if you're listening to this and recognize a post I'm reading, but at least I'm keeping you confidential during the reading of such. So I wanted to start with this dude I was talking about that I unfriended, then refriended, and blah, blah, blah. But I went to scroll through his page, and man, he posts on Facebook a lot. I was going there to find just like a politically charged post near the top, and I scrolled and scrolled and scrolled, and I found nothing. So that's good that he only does it from time to time. Granted, he's made 21 Facebook posts in the last 24 hours, so that is a chronic overposter. We don't need to know or see all of this stuff. Maybe a little filter would help. But I got bored with his account, decided, you know, there's other friends I have on Facebook that I see their annoying political posts, so I'm gonna go look them up. Low-hanging fruit. So here's one. This is a friend that I have had to mute on Facebook several times, which means I don't see your posts for like 30 days because they're just driving me crazy. I won't unfriend this person because I know them very well, but I have had to mute them more than once. So scrolling through, here's some of the stuff I found. Here's a meme that says, every time I feel bad, I remember that Ian McKellen is gay and I feel better. What? Ian McKellen is an old British actor that I believe is in Lord of the Rings or X-Men or something. If you feel bad and just knowing Ian McKellen is gay makes you feel better... There's a problem there. I'm just saying, not going to go down that path any further. Just dumb meme. All right, here we go. Next one I found is a video share from TikTok with a comment that says, loving this education on non-binary folks. They've always been around. This is not a new phenomenon. All right, well, you tell me in the history of art, theater, you know, where maybe the non-binary folks might have ended, where is non-binary or a discussion of the such commonly referred to in film, television, 
theater history. It's not. It's a new phenomenon. Here's another one. This one caused me to mute this person years ago, and I found this repost of a post. I hate that when someone says, oh, this post was so good from two years ago that when it came up in my feed that I posted this two years ago, I had to repost it. No, you did it once. Just leave it. But this person reposted their old post. I don't have to respect your opinion when your opinion disrespects humanity. Human rights. Now, on the surface, that seems harmless and understandable. But because I also know this person very well, I know at the time that they posted this that they were going through some identity issues and sexuality issues. And I found it contradicting in the way that it's saying, I don't have to respect your shit because your shit is disrespectful. Well, take a moment and think about the fact the person on the other side feels the same way. Maybe if you each respected each other's right to an opinion in the first place, the word respect wouldn't even need to be mentioned. So on the repost, here's a new comment that was added. There are certain things on which we can't just agree to disagree, especially when when your opinion is dangerous, hateful, bigoted, and misinformed. All right, again, that's putting people in a bucket. If you don't agree with non-binary or pronouns or being able to just change your gender any day of the week, this person thinks that you are dangerous, hateful, bigoted, and I don't know why they save the weakest for last, misinformed. Here's another one that's just a repost of something with an added comment. The repost is respecting someone's pronouns as the bare minimum. Remember that. Okay, that's not the bare minimum. Again, the whole thing of using a different pronoun is so new to our culture, it's been like the last seven years. You can't just change shit willy-nilly because you want to. It's not a magical world. You've been watching too many Harry Potter movies. Here is the added comment to that repost. Literally, it is the least amount of effort you can put in, and no, you don't deserve a gold star for doing it. It's basic human decency. So now, this person is calling out the people who do respect pronouns like you don't deserve a gold star for that it's so basic that's still a shitty comment that would be like telling your employees when they show up at work in the morning hi mike good to see you heads up though you don't deserve a gold star just for showing up on time just wanted to point that out that's an asshole thing to say that comment years ago that was just reposted also caused a mute on Facebook. All right, so there was another liberal on Facebook I knew was an easy search. I went to their account, and first thing I found was a shared post, so not their own. And this little graphic with text on it said, there is absolutely nothing wrong with a parent deciding a certain book is not right for her child. There is a colossal problem with a parent deciding that, therefore, no child should be allowed to read that book. All right, then explain the changes to classic literature to be less offensive. And why can't we just put hustlers in middle school libraries? We'll just let the parents decide if their kids should look at it while at the school without parental supervision. It is so much hypocrisy. The left wants all of these just sexual and identity and whatever books available to kids. But meanwhile, they want to change the words of books that were written at times when those words made sense. And they are classic novels. Hypocrisy. And yes, I'm sure there's hypocrisy on the other side that will be saved for another episode. Here's another shared post by this person. A well-regulated militia doesn't kill school children. All right, that's basically, we're going to use words from the Second Amendment and also kill and school children. Does that work? Those are the words of stupidity and trying to build an argument in a short phrase that has nothing to do with anything. Thing. Fail. Here we go. Another shared post. This person doesn't have a lot of original thoughts. Republicans want to tell you what books you can read, what meds you can take, what words you can say, what history you can learn, what you can do with your uterus, what gender you are, and who you can love. 
but tell me more about how the Dems are coming for your freedoms. All right, clearly, this person is taking a side, which we've gotten to that point where if you're Republican, people are very quiet about it. It's the liberals who are very vocal. But let's look at this without a bias. Republicans want to tell you what books you can read. All right, we just discussed this. Liberals are changing words and affecting books just as much as Republicans are. You both need to stop. Here's the next one. What meds you can take. All right, pretty sure liberals were the ones who told everyone who didn't get a vaccine for COVID was a worthless hillbilly piece of shit. What words you can say. All right, tell me people on the left, how do these words make you feel? Retarded. Midget. Pretty sure those words bother you. Guess what? Up until the late 90s, the word retarded was the clinically approved word for mental retardation. Midget also wasn't a big deal until someone decided they have to be little people. Sitting on the left and trying to say that people on the right are trying to restrict your language? Well, I mean, that is extreme hypocrisy. Yes, there was a time where those on the right were the ones that were limiting free speech, but we live in an era right now where it is absolutely the left that is stoking that fire. Here's another. What you can do with your uterus. All right, well, that can be seen both ways. The left could say, well, I don't want to be told what I can do with my body. The right could say, well, I want to tell you what to do with your body. Either way, you're being told or not told. So actually, this post should have said what you can't do with your body versus what you can. So it's a double-edged sword. Again, tons of hypocrisy. I do believe that women should have rights. Just to be clear, I also do believe there should be limits. If there was a rape or incest or you just decide this isn't for me, you should be able to make those decisions in, you know, at least like six months or two-thirds of the pregnancy. That seems fair. All right, here's one more. A shared post again. It's time to ban Viagra. If women are denied the right to reproductive health care, then men should be denied too. Well, that's bullshit because women aren't denied the right to reproductive health care. And blanketing the word abortion and the killing of an embryo or a fetus as reproductive health care? That's propaganda. But continuing this post, the medical abortion medication, Mifepristone, you might be getting that wrong, is safer than Viagra. Until Viagra is banned, men should have to go to their state legislature or a judge for every single Viagra refill. Well, first off, women don't have to go to a state legislature or a judge to get Mifepristone. Yeah, there is an argument over it. But right now, it's still on the market. Shut the fuck up. And also, Viagra, that's about a boner. Has nothing to do with cum. Has nothing to do with semen versus sperm. Viagra is not reproductive. It is more rooted in the science of get your fuck on, old man. Or, you have a long night of fucking? Here's four hours for you. Because the normal male human penis cannot survive four hours of intimacy without Viagra. Has nothing to do with reproduction. All right, so I'm going to balance this out. I know I've discussed a lot of the liberal, left-leaning posts. Going to look at one. This is a family member. Not going to share anything about them, but this was a shared post of a video that didn't show up, but because it says on Facebook that it is an altered video and independent fact checkers say this information could mislead people. No such thing as independent in our society. Secondly, why didn't I encounter a single block on the liberal side of things? So the personal comment attached to the sharing of this video was, could there be any worse representatives to our nation than what's in there now? This person person is drunker than a monkey, but she's never been able to put any coherent words together, drunk or sober. And I was able to dig deep and confirm my assumption this was a video of Kamala Harris. Here's another shared post. Again, not really independent thinking. Why do archaeologists only find male or female skeletons and not those of other genders? Simply because there are two genders. And again, I agree with that. Science. Biology. 
but we see a pattern here. Here's another shared video with a comment. Didn't look at the video. The comment said the grass is hardly ever greener on the other side. Socialism is an evil, not a good. I don't like that last sentence. It's just not a good. That just sounds stupid. There were way too many reposts of videos to watch them all, but of course they were all very tied to the agenda of the red, right-leaning Christian ideology. I went and looked at another family member I knew would lean that way, and right out of the gate, I found a repost of the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, and so on and so forth. And I have seen her post things. Oh, I said her. I'm giving her away. Um, but I've seen her post things that were political in nature. Thought I would find some stuff. But actually, most of her stuff is very Christian and religious in nature. It was hard for me to find a political post. But I do not have any issues with her faith and the fact that she is posting that. I applaud that. I don't have that. But I certainly do not take that away from anyone else. But when it boils down to it, we are all entitled to our opinion. That is the point of free speech. I should have the option to unfriend someone or ignore someone. I should have the option to engage in a friendly discussion about opposing ideas without immediately becoming a fight or an argument. And guess what? I don't have to respect your ideologies. That is not your right for me to respect your shit. Just like I don't have a right for you to respect mine. I should acknowledge your ideologies and that you have a right to those, but I'm also allowed to think that you're crazy as shit. And remember that just because you have an opinion or an ideology doesn't mean you're right. You've just been influenced and overwhelmed by your preferred media and the algorithms built to keep you in that bucket. Crawl out of the bucket. There's a sandbox out there. That's where most of us are hanging out. We just don't realize it. We think we're trapped in a bucket, but we're not. Go hang out in the sandbox. All right, thank you again for tuning in to Bad Red, Bad Blue. You can follow me on social media on Facebook, TikTok, Twitter, or Instagram at Bad Red, Bad Blue. Until the next time we talk, be cool and stay awake. See ya. Bad Red, Bad Blue.